I want to talk to you about a 16-year-old boy that really started his journey when he was eight years old. And this little boy didn't ask for this job, but he was born into a family that caused him to be the next king. Now listen to this. His father was evil. His grandfather was evil. Many kings before him was evil. And the Bible tells us that at eight years of age, that's about what? Uh, second, third grade. That he became the king. And you know, for, for months, I've been preaching out of the, the book of Second Chronicles. And I'm, I'm back there this morning, and I want to talk to you about Josiah. So I want you to follow along with me. Here's how the story goes. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. And verse 4 says, They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence. And the incense altars, which were above them, he cut down. And the wooden images, the carved images, and the all this is important, by the way. The molded images, he broke in pieces and made dust. Say dust. Dust of them. And scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. So he did in the cities of Manasseh, check this out now, different locations, Ephraim and Simeon, as far as Naphtali, and all around with axes. You know, Jesus used a whip in the temple. Joash, Josiah rather, he used an axe. When he had broken down the altars and the wooden images and had beaten the carved images into powder. Now say powder. All right. And cut down the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. So he was on a house-cleaning tour. In the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord. Now, I want to take you back to the beginning of that verse because this was the 18th year. Now, when he was eight years old, he became king. All right. Then eight years into his reign, 
he began to seek the Lord. We just talked about another young man, you remember, a few weeks ago, seeking the Lord. He's eight, he's king. At 16, he's seeking. Four years later, the 12th year of his reign, now he's purging. Folks, this is a young man that has done all this up unto the age of 20 years old. He's not a 40-year-old Christian veteran. He's not a prophet that's been around and performed a bunch of miracles. But he's, he's been so mindful of God, unlike his, his legacy, his immediate legacy, that he couldn't do it halfway. He couldn't do it half-hearted. Now, the story only gets better, but, but I've got to go back because there's some critical information that if you and I are going to reach 30,000 people, if we're going to take three life groups and turn them into 303 life groups or whatever, we've, we've got to understand that there is a pattern it is undeniable in the word of God and God responds every time people live according to his word. He's looking for vessels. He's looking for people that don't really have to have details. You know, God is, has not moved from the, the Noah mentality at all or the Abraham, or the Daniel mentality. God still goes to those kinds of people because those kinds of people, and I, that, those were all Old Testament references, but the, the New Testament is slam full of them. God's always chosen to use people and elevate people and anoint people and favor and gift people that do this right here. So there's a lot going on today. I got to talk to parents, but I got to talk to all of us. Parents, Proverbs 22, 6, if you train them up in the way they should go, when they get old, they will not depart from it. I counseled with a couple this week that's going to be getting married in just a few weeks. And they had dedicated their child or children to the Lord. And I told them this. And to my knowledge, I don't know that they've been in church that much or if any at all. And after we went over the wedding uh, information that we had to talk about, I, I reminded them, you, you can dedicate children, for instance, all day long. You can tell children, don't smoke, don't drink, don't dip, don't cuss, we can, don't watch that on TV. But here's a brand new news flash. If they watch the people that birthed and brought them into the world do it, they're in their mind going to think it's okay and that's the way you should do because mama and daddy or grandma or grandpa would never do anything bad and they certainly wouldn't do it in front of me. Or they have enough sense to not tell me one thing but do something else. So it's important how you do the work, you flesh it out in front of your children. And you know, I just told you this. I, one of my pet peeves, man, when I run across somebody, I don't go to church, but I send my children to church. I just want to say, Lord, can I have about two or three minutes? And 
just let me work on their noggin. I don't want to pray for them. I do want to lay hands on them, but let me work on them just for a minute. And I'm not really being funny, but I'm trying to get you to see this. Monkey see, monkey do. And you've got to understand, you only get one time to raise your child before they become of age or they are 18 or 21 years of age, whatever the age is. So I am glad for Josiah's sake that he could look all the way down the line somewhere and find David, the patriarch. He could look and see how David lived for God. Now, what is so good about this story right here, and there's a lot of stories that sound similar to this, but what I love about the story of Josiah is that he started seeking the Lord when he was 16 years old. When he sought the Lord for four years in the 12th year of his reign. The Bible says that's when he began the purging process, which ought to let all of you know, you can't just come to church, you can't just wake up in the morning with a cup of coffee and a devotion, and all this is good, and just think, I've only got to do this one or two weeks, and my life is going to be better, and things are going to get better. The boy did this for four years, and then the Bible says he started purging. There has to come a time... When you will not accept anything but private, protected, intimate time with God and His Word in your walk with the Lord if you're going to move from milk to meat. It's good to come to church and, and allow me to share God's Word with you. But if you don't look at a Bible or hear from God or invest in it yourself another week, you are sending a big sign to Satan that it's not that big of a deal to you and you're not passionate about God. And you are exposing and opening yourself up for him to come in and wreak havoc because you don't have any food or footing or foundation, really. You got to do it every day. Paul said, hey, I just don't go by preaching and telling people about the Lord, but I actually sanctify myself every day. And so here we are four years into seeking the Lord. And see, what that does, that builds up enough knowledge and that builds up, an, uh, up enough hunger for me to know. This is why I well away every week about church attendance. If you're visiting from another church or you're watching us online and you attend another church, the Bible says stay in church and do it even more than you're doing it right now as you see the Lord getting closer to his return. Now, I don't understand that from people that profess to have known Christ for any other time at all. And, and you can try to dice it up and tell me I watch it on TV or, you know, I really don't get anything out of it. You can do all that, but you cannot erase Hebrews 10, 25 out of the Bible, folks. And I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it. Until you are comatose and you are physically unable to go to a house of worship where God has set you up, you are expected by the Scriptures to show up 
at wherever your church is when it's time for the people of God to be together to worship God and pray. And you're not going to, you'll never get to the purging state and stage in your walk if you don't get the seeking down part. You've got to seek the Lord while he may be found. You've got to call on the Lord while he is near. You've got to draw near to him while you can draw near, so he will draw near, draw nigh back to you. And if you don't do that, you, you won't have enough knowledge, you won't have enough spirit, you won't have enough understanding, you won't have enough faith, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by this book, the Word. So he sought the Lord, and he kept seeking the Lord. And when he was 20 years, we got 20-year-olds, young adults here, students here. We've got 16-year-olds too. We've also got some 8-year-olds that the Lord may be wanting to raise up right now, and you don't know it, your family doesn't know it. But God sees in you a pure heart, a humble heart, and he knows that nobody else is willing to Go all out, hardcore for me. So I, I, I don't, you know how Jesus says, I, you know how I feel about children, by the way. So he says, I, I'll, just, I'll just use you. Start seeking me. So here we go. He seeks the Lord. And then the Bible says, he starts tearing down all these idols. And, and those of you that are not familiar with the Old Testament or uh, the way people worship that were not, part of the family of God and didn't know God, didn't serve God, wasn't part of the 12 tribes. People would, and and even they themselves on a number of occasions made the foolish mistake of doing it. People would, they would make everything from statues to golden cows to uh, statues of ladies, all all of these animals, they they would do all of these kinds of things And they would fall down. They would bring money to them, uh, treat it like an altar. They would burn incense, thinking that the aroma was worship, going to these fake, dead, lifeless gods. And they they would even pray to these idols. Well, this 16-year-old youngin had enough sense to know that's foolishness. That's the work of men's hands, and it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to do me any good. And not only are God's people, but all of these other cities and town around me, Josiah said, that, that they're falling for the same thing, and they're all getting the same results. And this is where God has wanted me to try to get to today. And I hope I get farther than this, but I'm here for God. And that is... He was not satisfied with just watching people tear down the idols. He wasn't just satisfied with with people just breaking the idols into pieces and watching them fall to the ground. But this thing bothered him so bad, folks, until he says, nope. Not my God, because my God is the real God. My God is the one that split the Red Sea. My God is the one that rained down manna from heaven. My God is the one that provided quail. That's my God. We can't do this. We can't take and run the risk of him just maybe having a bad day. You know, we all have bad days, folks. 
Anybody had a bad day this week? Raise your hand, by the way. Yeah, don't, don't raise both and do a cartwheel, but I know what you mean. He says, we can't do this. And so this is what spoke out to me, and God said, you better relay that to the people. There has to come a time in seeking God and when you are purging because, see, he wasn't just trying, he wasn't buying a, a, a Chick-fil-A franchise and wanting to just see. He, he knew that there was no way Jehovah Rapha, Yahweh, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, there was no way in the world he could do the work inside of God's people that he made with his hand until they, as well as the whole land, would be purged. So he says, we've got to do more than break these things down, guys. So the Bible says, he start, and you repeated it a while ago, he started grinding all of those fake, false, dead gods into powder. And if that wasn't enough, all the molded images, all the vases, all the things that were used to worship all the altars, he ground them into dust. And see, a lot of my life and a lot of your life, we've said, well, I'm not going to do this anymore or I'm just, you know, I'll just turn over a new leaf. And see, the devil, he doesn't like that, but he doesn't lose all hope because he knows as long as it's just broken and laying over there, maybe in a, a rubbish pile or it's just sitting on a shelf, you've still got the ability on a bad day to go back over there and get you some super glue and try to get it back together because you're not hearing from God and you're not going to hear from God when you get like that. But he's, he, he knows that if you don't go so hardcore for God in this purging process and get rid and grind it, do what you have to do if you have to sell it. If you have to walk away, if you have to say, I don't care, I know this looks foolish in the eyes of the world, but if you're going to really separate yourself, if you're really going to purge so God can do the great mighty work in your life, there's going to come some grinding, some powder, some dust moments and decisions in your life, and you say, I know it seems foolish on paper, but I've got to do this because I know my flesh, I know how my decision-making process is when I'm not in church or when I'm not in life groups. And if I don't get rid of this where I can never go back to it again, I have the tendency, like the dog, 2 Peter 2, 22, to return to my own vomit again. And all of you in here are not exempt from that. Every person, if you're watching, nobody is exempt from that. And it's hard decisions we have to make. I remember when I first closed my sign shop down three whatever years ago. I still have the equipment, but the mess is broke most of the time anyway. And I remember I had this thought, well, I've got this 610-4500 number that I've had for 17 years. It's a magic jack, and yeah, I was a cheapskate because I didn't want a lot of people calling me. I might as well let it go out, this email address. I might as well keep it because the Lord says, are you really going to go wholehearted for me? Or are you going to start grinding? So you know what I did? Because I was going to give that information to somebody else. I, in fact, I offered it to another business. I said, I don't want any money for it. 
You, you can just have it. You just continue to pay whatever the phone bill is. You continue to pay whatever the email is. I, I don't care. I don't want anything for it. I just know I can't have it. And that never went anywhere. So God says, what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to cut Every cord that you have that attaches you to the world, not that it was sin, but see, you'll have a tendency on a bad day, on a slow day, you'll have a tendency to go back. But if you grind things in your life to powder, God looks and he says, well, they don't have any, they don't have any idea or plans in the future for pursuing that because they completely burnt the ships they did away with it there's no way they can go there's no way they can open that business back up again because they did the thing that I was looking for them to do so that gives me the green light to fill up this purge vessel with what I want to do now see a lot of us will do things but we won't we'll break things but we won't grind things. See, you'll break things at the altar, but if they're not ground when you go back out there in the world, you can go back to worshiping them. You can go back to depending on them. You can go back to trusting them. And God says, the first, I will have no other gods before me. It's not a God. If, you, if it's not ground up, it might be a God tomorrow to you. I know I'm preaching to people this morning. And I just hope and pray you're receiving this. In fact, Reggie, you can help me out with the haze now because I want to be able to see a little bit better than I'm seeing. And I want to tell you this. God has let me know he's preparing this church. I know he's doing works in other churches and I praise God for that. It's, it's part of what God's doing. And I, I, so many miracles of what revivals and, and prayer service, all these things that are happening in these last days, people are seeking God. But I know better than I know my name what God wants to do in this place right here. I know what He wants to do in my life. And I have promised the Lord, God, I'm not going to preach anything that I'm not doing myself. And I begin to purge. And I can tell you, I've still got work to do. I've got a ways to go. But I can also thank him in front of you and say, but the things of this world are starting to grow strangely dim when I look at him. And there is no way, because see, God needs all the room. If you want God to do all the work in your life, you've got to be willing to not just break, but, but you've got to purge the whole thing. This is what happened. He purged where he lived. But he also went throughout the whole region and he, he purged every place that he was accountable or responsible for. Well, I'm the only Christian at work. I'm the only saved person at my school. You've got to be a fool for Christ's sake. If you're going to get what God has. Paul said, they look at us like we're ignorant, hicks. They think we don't know anything. But I'd rather have Jesus. I'm going to live for me to live as Christ. And if I die, then I'm actually going to gain. There's got to come a time when you say, I don't care what you think about me at work. I don't care how you feel about the way I worship. I don't care about 
how you feel about my purging. Because, well, you used to go do this with us. Or you didn't say anything last week. I don't care. I've been seeking God since last week. And I'm on a purging prowl right now, you see. Last week, I just felt good at church. And I just took the hammer and I broke it a little bit. But, but it got bad. I had one of them bad days. And I went and picked it back up. You got to grind it, church. I don't care if it's relationships. You got to grind it. And then you got to go. I don't care if it's your work, if it's where you hang out with people, what you do. There's going to come a time. The Bible says in the last days that, that children are going to turn on parents. Parents are going to turn on children. They're going to put each other to death. And, and people are going to kill you and think that they're doing God service. And you've got to make your mind up. While I am alive, I'm purging me and everything about me that I have control over because I don't want what is going to happen to happen. And that's what I want to tell you about. Because the story does get better, but it also gets very, very difficult. Because after that, he got hungry. And when he got hungry, for God, after this purging prowl that he was on, he got a heart for God's house. And that's what I'm praying for. God, give people a heart for your house again. Not just you. You're here today, and I applaud you for being. But I'm praying if you're not here or wherever we are, every time it's time to worship, whether it's a prayer service on a Sunday or Wednesday or a life group, whatever it is. If we're meeting in the name of Jesus, you're not supposed to forsake it. Here, any church. And, and, and jo, Josiah got this, he, he sought the Lord so much, and he purged so much of himself, and so much of the land, all of the distractions, because he knew, uh, you know, I, 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 I've taken care of it here, but if, but if I go down there into Marlborough County, I might bump into south of the border, and I might go crazy down there. I might want one of them Mexican hats with a straw at the top of it, and I might turn Laurenburg upside down when I get back. So I got to go everywhere. I just got to purge everywhere I go. I got to remove the sin, the weight, anything that could so easily beset me or stumble me. I've just got to get rid of it. If they're playing country or rock or new age at work, and you can get to the dial, change the dial, honey. If they got it on something raunchy, on TV, change the TV or cut it off. Let them come to you and ask you why are you doing that. That's an open door. I'm purging. I'm purging. What, you need to go to the bathroom? No, I'm purging. That's an open door for you to talk to people. And this young man, 20 years of age, going around purging. And then this... this Spirit comes inside of him. I, I just want to go to God's house. See, that's what happened. You don't care about your throne. You don't care about your servants. You don't care about your chariots and all your gold and your palace. When you really get purged and I want more of you, I've had it all, but what I need more of you kind of attitude, then this is what happens. Then you just want to, I just want to be where you are, dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. Draw me near to where you are. Didn't plan on singing today, but that's what come 
to my mind right now that that boy had to feel. And so he found out all the other people behind him had just took up money, had the chest sitting there where people brought money, but the house of God was deplorable. It needed a lot of renovating. And he says, listen, he told one of his right-hand men, he told Shaphan, he said, you need to go. I need you to go check this out because we, we can't do our God like this. We can do our business like this. We can do our home. We can do our, our, our world. We can't do God like this now. That's why we're doing all we're doing here. Conviction, conviction. And so the Bible says that he went all the way to the house of God. He saw that money was there. It hadn't been spent. It was just collected. And you know, by the way, I think churches that do that kind of mess, they're going to stand before God for hoarding up money when people are dying by the millions going to hell. Amen, Opie. They are. Saving it for a rainy day. Hey, it's raining people in hell right now. People are leaving this life right now. It's raining. It's flooding hell open right now. Time to do something. Amen. Work while it's day. Night's coming. And he went and old Hilkiah, the, the priest, was there. He says, I need you to help me out with this. The king sent me here. We got to fix this thing up. He don't want to leave this place like the other people that didn't love our God left it. So they got a plan together. They started organizing, doing things in order. And they, got, they hired people, craftsmen and all that. Well, here, here goes Hilkiah. He walks into the, the house of God. And guess what he finds? He walks and he looks in the chest. And lo and behold, there's the law of God sitting there. He said, we got to get this back to the king. So they took that. He said, run this back to the king and let him know what happened. And they took it back. He said, here's the law. And he read the covenant. He read it to the, he read it to the king. And the Bible says that the king, he just, it broke him in pieces. That's what the word of God is supposed to do to us. If you get mad when you leave church or you hear something on TV and you get mad because it's the word, then you are kicking against the pricks. You are telling God, no, I don't want your way. I don't want you to fix me. I don't want you to help me. And usually we point a finger at a preacher or a people when we have a problem with conviction. It's just called conviction, folks. And this king got a hold of the word, and I'm trying to hurry this up, but i got to be obedient. The Bible says it grieved and bothered him so bad what he heard those words, and he ripped his clothes. And that's what people would do when they were in mourning and grieving, and, and they were just sorrowful. He ripped his clothes. And I pray God today when people walk into the house of God, and the word of God is so convicting or so oh, so. Uh, just soothing, whatever it might be. It might not always cut. Sometimes it might just wrap around you like a blanket and all you can do is worship and praise God. But I pray for the day when the Word of God just doesn't bounce off of our ears and we go on about our business, but we can memorize the line, the jingles, YouTube videos, every godless song. We can remember them word for word. I pray, God, let your Word have this kind of effect on me. And that's what it did. He purged. He sought. He purged. And now the words got a hold to him. And, and, and let me just jump forward and tell you what happened. He said, this is the way we're going to run this thing. The Bible says he got the book himself. In verse 31, 
of chapter 34 says, Then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. We're going to do that in just a minute. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according, not the king, but did according to the covenant of God and the God of their fathers. Thus, Josiah removed all, say all with me, all abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all, say all again, nobody's left out, all who were present in Israel diligently, not half-heartedly, sometimesly. You like that? That's free today. I'm not spelling it for you, though. But diligently, all of the time, seek and serve the Lord their God. So if you lived where he was the ruler, you didn't have an option, friend. Because you might say, well, isn't that like communism? No. How many of you that are parents, have, or by your parents, have ever been corrected or corrected a child when they were young and had you not intervened, they could have either gotten hurt, burnt, drowned in a pool, ran out in front of a car. You know, I could go on and on. They didn't have the knowledge to do that, but you had the love and you saw that and you intervened. If you've ever done that, raise your hand. You've had to correct. That's what he did. He loved those people. Those people probably felt like they were going, one king, we worshiping an old cow over here, and now you're saying, we got to worship a God that is not made with human hands. And then another king comes, we're going to worship a frog this time. We're going to worship a donkey this And you know, how, how in the world? But he says, listen, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I'm not going to let you because the story goes, and this is where I'm closing. Runway lights are on, the landing gear's out, you've got hope. All in this church, you've got more hope than you thought you had. And he knew that when he heard, he sent, he said, I got to inquire of the Lord. God, what's all this going to mean, your word? And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that there was a prophetess there, says this is what God says. Your whole family, they've disobeyed. They've been living in rebellion before you. They would not appreciate the love that I've had for them, the provision, the protection, how I've blessed them, how I've given them the land. They haven't appreciated that, and they've served false dead gods, and I'm going to deal with them. But because you humbled yourself, and you humbled your heart, and you repented, and you sat in sackcloth and ashes, and you rend your clothes, he said, you're not going to have to go through this. He said, I'm going to let you go peacefully, but the people after you, they're going to suffer for their rebellion. And he said, well, I can't, I, I, I can't let nobody else 
under my control make the same kind of mistake. So I'm telling all you people in the land, listen, this is what the king's got to say. As for me and my house, we're going to serve Jehovah. We're going to serve God. We're not going to get caught up in this mess that's going to get us in trouble with God, but we're going to serve God diligently. We're going to show up when it's time to show up. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to give. We're going to seek. We're going to pray. We're going to sing songs of worship. We're going to worship Him on the string instruments. We're going to worship Him on the cymbals and the high sounding cymbals. Me and my house, we're going to do it right. I can't be responsible for what they did before me and I can't be responsible for who's behind me. But I can be responsible for the day and we are going to serve the Lord with all of our heart. And the people took a stand. And this is where I close. Because you're going to stand in just a second, but I want you to stand right now. This is where the problem's going to be. We're going to meet down here at this altar in just a matter of a minute or two. And... There's probably hundreds or thousands of idols out here that you're going to start breaking and cracking. Because you don't want to forfeit what God wants to fill you with and what he wants to do with you in the land. You don't want to forfeit that right now. But here's where the problem is. If you don't come down here with a, a torn clothes attitude, and you don't come down here with I'm seeking God attitude, then all you will do is merely break the idol temporarily, and at the right time, you're probably going to pick it back up. But God says, if you will come down here today, if you will say, God, I'm not in this church right now for anybody, not Opie, not anybody. I'm here because... I have got to do some grinding. Now, there might be a dust cloud down here spiritually in a minute, but that's okay. That's why God sent you to this church this morning. And when you are ready to grind into powder where you can't, I've had people to, to and I'm not going to start naming things because you think I start singling things out, but I've had people to not leave altars before, go flush things down commodes and, cut up things that allowed them to, I, just all kind of things. If you remember, and I have not, thank you God, I hadn't thought about this, but I believe it was either Fireproof, Courageous, one of those Hendrick Brothers films, uh, and I think it was even Kirk Cameron, went in there and actually, I believe I'm getting this right, one of them in one of those, took a computer and, and beat it and tore it all to pieces. Does any of you remember what I'm referring to? Because my mind is like, whoo! Fireproof, there you go. That's what grinding looks like. But I need, see there? Satan will always justify why you need to hold on to it. Well, God might not show up. You prayed last week and you see what happened. Well, you know, you've been working on blah, blah, blah. He'll do all that. But there has to come a time when you say, God, I am such a deep, clean, purge mentality that I've got to grind this thing. I don't care. I might have to go and write letters and send them snail mail. Or I might have to do 
talk on a phone through a tin can and a wire. But I'm going to do what I got to do. Or I might have to tell my friends at lunch, we're not going to sit there and make fun of people that don't have clothes like we have. I'm talking to people in this church right now. You hear me. I'm going to do what I got to do and I'm going to grind everything I got to grind because I want God to do what he wants to do in what's left of my life before the trumpet sounds. Now this is unusual right here and this is going to put people on the spot. And don't you do this, God knows. Do not do this if you are not serious. I'm doing what I'm told to do today. But if you are ready, first of all, to take a stand, I want you to stand, but I don't want you to move. If you don't, you know, this is not new. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And the problem is, people, church people, take stands for everything else in this world. They take stands for their family, their children, their hobbies, their things, their likes, their homes, their toys, their image. They'll take a stand for that. They'll take a stand for their job. They'll take a stand for their school spirit. I mean, I can just go on and on and on. See, the rules are different for God. I don't get it. I don't get it. He, all he did was send his only son to be tortured for you. It's jacked up. Or as Steve would say, that's messed up. That is messed up. You've taken a stand. Now, you've got to be willing today. And it, just me and you, I'm just giving you instruction. Nobody else is in this place today. But now, are you willing, after you've taken a stand, to go to the next step and say, you know, I'm going to seek God until I purge every single thing in my life. Purging means you just bring it to where it's to your attention and you can see it. Purging's not, purging is not completely grinding to powder, though. The Bible says, you go home and read the 34th chapter, that they beat, beat them images until they were dust. Now, if you're ready to seek the Lord, like Josiah, that's part two. I want you to come right here and just stand, okay? If you're ready to seek the Lord. You've done the first part. And now I've, I've got, I'm going to seek the Lord. And, you know, the devil's probably telling, if there's nobody in here online, well, you know, I can do all this at home. Yeah, you can. But it might be the public part of your profession that the Lord's looking at. Because if you won't do this in here where it's like dark and smoky, man, what you going to do in a break room with 110 fluorescent lights shining on you? Nothing. Not a thing. You're not going to do anything. All right. Now that we're going to seek the Lord, 
you, you're going to know this is a different article, and I'm going to pray for the lost in a minute. But see, this is where revival comes from. When people just say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to seek you, and I, I want you, Lord, to begin to reveal to me. Because there might be things I'm convicted of right now, but there may be other things that's contrary to what I know. And I need you to reveal those things to me. So we're going to pray that first. And then we're going to, we're going to pray again. I'm going to continue to pray that you would be able to grind everything into powder when you leave. Because you can't grind it here. You can take a stand and you can seek the Lord and determine to purge it here. But see, grinding is what you're going to have to do out there. What you're going to have to destroy. Changes you're going to have to make. And that's why I got to pray for you because Satan is going to try to wear you out. Father God, you said that you reveal secret things, Lord. So, Lord, there might be some unknown things that I'm just accustomed to in my life, in our lives, that it's become so much part of our atmosphere that we don't even consider it an idol, Lord. It may be something that everybody is guilty of and I've just accepted. Lord, we need for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us right now, Lord. God, we don't want to break 99 idols. We don't want to go out of here and grind 99, not if there's still one that we need to just grind down that just caught us off guard and we didn't see it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus... I pray, oh Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus you would help me to see it. Maybe, Lord, I, I, I need to, my, my language, maybe I don't have a Christ-like tongue, Lord, or my attitude, Lord, or just things I do that are destroying my body, Lord. I've turned food, I've turned things into an idol, Lord. God, I, I need it. I, I, I just really need you to show me right now. God, now I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you would help me to not just be satisfied with talking about it or admitting it to you today, Lord. But God, I, I need Holy Ghost power to go out of here and be able to grind things. Dust, to be able to throw it on the ground so that I can't get it back again. And Lord, I'm praying as a shepherd over sheep because I know this is going to be the most difficult thing that some of these people will ever do in their lives, Lord. Because there's so much oppression from hell to stop this. God, that's why so many kings failed the test before Josiah. They would do some things, but they wouldn't destroy the high places, Lord. God, we want to completely purge all the land. Everything about me, Lord. My preset station, my website browser. Lord, my daily routine. God, what I, who I talk to in class, Lord, that may just have too much of effect on me. In the name of Jesus, Lord. I need to purge, Lord. I need to make all the room I possibly can for you. God, and I feel led to pray for every young person, every college-age student here, Lord, every eight-year-old, every age in between, Lord, that they would see right now, Lord, that, that you are turning to the youth 
Adults have fallen asleep all over the world, God. We've become too complacent and comfortable. We think that it's acceptable just to go to church and not really do anything for you. So, Lord, raise up children in the name of Jesus, I pray. God, anoint them to, to purge. Give them favor. Give them blessing. God, give them anointing, oh God. Every student in this place, I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus that you would leave this church today and you would have a Josiah spirit about you. You would have a determination about you that makes all of hell stand with their mouths wide open at what God is doing in your life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare this by the authority of your word, not mine, Lord. I want you just to take one minute and while your eyes are closed and I, all over the building or online, I just want you to, to pray a prayer right now. Uh, one of purging and one of petitioning the Lord to help you be able to grind everything to powder that could come back and take over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let him hear you. Hallelujah. If you are not a believer while people are praying, the Bible says, again, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will open the door, I will come in, Jesus said, and I will sit down and I will sup with you. means he'll fellowship with you. Everybody paints Jesus as a big old mean judge. All he wants to do is tell people what they do wrong. Well, that ain't what that scripture says. He didn't say anything about that. He said, if you will open the door, sinner, I'll come in and sit down and just enjoy being with you. I know we'll have to give an account for our sins, but Jesus just wants to love you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray any, any sinner anywhere, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent, Lord. I, I, I repent, Lord, of my rebellion. I can't make it to heaven playing games, Lord. I can't make it to heaven if I just think what I feel is okay. That's not your word. If, if, if my opinion would have mattered, you would have never left glory or had to. So forgive me, Jesus. I want to live the rest of my life for you. I want to live a life that stays in seeking and purge mode and powder mode. God, I give it to you. I declare it this day of October, Lord, the 13th, in Multitudes Church. I'll recall this moment when I made a decision to take a stand for the rest of my life. God, I pray this week, Lord, that we would remember you are assembling the army, and, and God, you have us in a boot camp to get us ready, Lord. This is where all the power is going to be, Lord, inside of the vessels and the vases. Lord, you're pouring. We just got to purge so we can receive. 
If you are brand new to the faith and you gave your heart to the Lord, if, if you would just, if you would raise your hand or come right here because we, we've got some things we want to give you. And, and don't mind it. Nobody's, we're not going to do anything freaky. We don't have any rattlesnakes in here or nothing like that. We ain't, we ain't going to do anything crazy.